What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to our second episode of Salty Runback, here to be your weekly intake of North American Developmental League of Legends. We had a very eventful week here on Salty Runback with the NACL kicking off its first full week of games and the NACL Q Open Qualifier set to begin this weekend. I'm Grapes. That's Hawk. That's Hawk over there. I always forget <laughs> that everything's mirrored when I'm looking at the, the preview screen. Hawk, how are you doing? I am doing amazing. It's another beautiful Tuesday afternoon. We record these about a day in advance. And I just finished my January term class, which means I got Woo! nothing to do this weekend except for talk about esports. <laughs> and it's going to be glorious. Yeah, this is for, for me the the kind of like syllabus week uh, going into mm. the semester. So I had all the time in the world on the weekend to watch 36 games of North American Challengers League yeah. gameplay, which is going to be... You know, even more games eventually, especially next week when we have the OQs. Uh, that is 80 total games across like two days. I don't think we're actually, I don't think it's humanly possible to, to keep up with all of those VODs. I, we probably will catch all the good ones and, you know, that, that's If about anyone it. says they saw all of the games in an OQ last year, they're a liar. Like, that that's <laughs> not humanly possible. Like, it's just not. Yeah. <laughs> You watch, you watch like the the big teams, some of the other other games as well, the ones in the mainstream. Unfortunately, there will not be a mainstream uh, for Rally Cry uh, for the open qualifiers. But they just announced their community streaming program, and we do have a couple of really exciting announcements of stuff that is going on regarding the NACLQ uh, in just a couple of days. Uh, make sure to stay tuned to the end of the episode to learn about that. But Hawk. Um, I think it's time to explain the format again, just because this is our second episode. Uh, how about you tell us uh, all about how this show ends up running? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as always, we're going to have five questions to kick off the episode, about six minutes apiece. Um, and we'll just, I don't know, talk about them. And then in the second half of the episode, the second half hour, we'll go through with an activity. Last week, we tier listed the NACL teams based on how much we liked the roster construction. This week, we've got a little pro draft with NACL Q players going on. So it's going to be pretty fun. But we want to get you out of here in an hour or so. Uh, you know, we're not going to cut off the conversation if it's really good, but we want to give you all of the great salt intake while we can in a timely manner and hopefully be entertaining along the way. Yeah, we made we went 111 last time around, including a couple of pauses bad. here and there. Yeah. Uh, it's our first episode, so of course we got to like lay down the groundwork and everything. Of so it makes sense it lasted a little bit uh, extra time. Uh, but I think we should stop wasting all the time that we've already kind of done here in this Whole second episode. Three minutes down the drain. <laughs> Let's get into the headlines <laughs> for this weekend of games. Uh, only the open qualifiers. Uh, sorry, only the NACL. Only the NACL main. Uh, games actually did happen yeah. uh, over the past couple of weeks. So that's probably what most of these headlines are going to be about. Starting with our first topic of the day, provisional teams in the NACL. They performed really, really well, I think, especially yeah. in the first couple of days of uh, the NACL regular season. If we take a look at the entirety of the schedule, I had this written down. Provisional teams, which are the teams that are not the former academy teams or challenger teams, uh, which include the three LCS affiliates and the three independent teams in Fear, Wildcard, and AoE. Those six teams went 12 and 18 in their first week of games. If you take away the like kind of cross matches that they played against each other um, and just count the NACL provisional teams against the NACL challenger teams, the records for the provisional teams were 6 and 12, which was a little probably better than a lot of people expected. You know, Hawk, especially because 
many people in their power rankings and, and things like that. Kind of just had all of the challenger teams 1 through 10, and then the, all the provisional teams 11 through 16. But definitely some teams that surprised, especially wildcard gaming and Cincinnati Fear. Hawk, did we underestimate the ability of these provisional teams? Yeah, so I got I got thoughts about this question, Grapes. I've got a lot of thoughts about this question. So first of all, just to add some context to what Grapes said, provisional teams did win 12 games this past weekend, which is honestly, that's pretty good. However, I do want to note, Fear and Wildcard together won eight of those. The other four teams are all sitting at just one win. So while obviously it's great that everybody has a win, uh, it's also worth noting that Cincinnati Fear, no, uh, Fly Fam and CLG Faith got their one win against one another. So... It definitely does seem like Fear and Wildcard are the big standouts. Now, I want us to cast our minds back to last week's episode when Grapes, I, with quite a bit of poise, said that I strongly believe that TL First and AoE Gold will be the two best provisional teams hands down, with maybe Wildcard being, like, in the mix. Well, Wildcard is very obviously in the mix. They're tied for first place in the entire NACL, but Cincinnati Fear is the one I want to talk about, Grapes, because I think we both really underestimated this team's ability. Yeah, I mean, going into the regular season, we talked a lot about this in our power rankings episode or tier listing episode from last week, but my biggest concern about Fear was definitely not the top side of the map. I thought Faisal, Perry, and Shochi all were very capable players who yeah. I thought, you know, had a chance to get promoted into the NACL Challengers teams, like... Um, uh, like uh, the old academy teams uh, to say to say and and honestly looking at those six games that they played where they went four and two Faisal, Perry, Shochi all looked amazing. They Faisal looked specifically definitely looks like a top half top laner in the league at this point. He was yeah. he was on things like the Camille um and just really having amazing laning phases and just, just yesterday that he absolutely dumpstered concept <laughs> yeah concept didn't look like a top half top lane we'll get to that a little bit later um but the biggest fear the biggest concern i had for cincinnati fear um was actually the bot side of the map you know i mentioned earlier last week that mm -hmm. manui and trevor kind of throughout the past couple of years where i've been following them in amateur never really looked like they were at the top of the table in terms of um, performers in the bottom lane. But honestly, looking at their performance in the past uh, week, that is what really has kind of maybe shifted my mind about this team uh, for being maybe one of the bottom to middle of the pack provisional teams to maybe one of the ones at the top who could maybe even, you know, compete for top half of the league. Um, you know, maybe it's like a house buff. Maybe it's, uh, you know, because they're all living <laughs> together or, or something else. But I mean, and obviously when you take a look at who they have played against, you, you see that um, Minui and Trevor specifically played against Kim Down in his first ever competitive game in the NACL. And they played against uh, Sketch and Plux, who were not even originally supposed to be a bot lane going into last year. Uh, and they also went against Array and Prisma, who I thought had they had the most impressive performance against uh, and with, uh, which was the most impressive part for me. Um, and so honestly, Cincinnati Fear definitely looking yeah. like a very competitive team. And I think the bot lane... Um, being solid while the rest of the top side is, is going to do the work. That's going to be their formula, and I'm excited to see how it continues in the next couple of weeks. And, and what's impressive to me about Fear as well is that it feels like this team isn't just winning because they're getting lucky, but through strong fundamentals, and especially as you sort of highlighted, laning. And so if Fear can keep that up, that's a really, really strong foundation to build a team on. They're not cheesing wins or anything like that. And speaking of that, Wildcard sitting up 4-0 right now yeah. and 2 0 IMT Challengers and AoE Gold, who I felt pretty strongly would be the best provisional team coming in, who, um, just to give a shout to AoE Gold, I think they still look pretty good uh, despite being 1-3, but I want to talk about Wildcard. 
I remember Grapes, last week on the episode, we were concerned that this team might not look as good without Shrimps or Wixie. Um, and not only that, someone we didn't really talk about too, Argentum Sky, the coach that got a lot of credit yeah. for these very creative drafts that seemingly elevated Ginger Turmeric at the very least, gave them the signature style in the Proving Grounds last summer and, and really threw a lot of academy teams off their game. I think it was fair to say there were some questions about whether or not that would return, what the drafts would look like for wildcard. Well, <laughs> clearly this team still does not give a shit in draft. They draft whatever the hell they want. And not only that, but it doesn't feel like they're cheesing wins with cheese picks. They're drafting creatively, but the team's fundamentals and especially their coordination for week one looks astounding. And genuinely, this team looks like they could contend for top of the table with how they've been playing. Yeah, I mean, if you asked me, like, there's a team that would lock in Zach and, sorry, Zach, Blitzcrank, and Garen, um, Garen in the first <laughs> rotation uh, of a draft, I would say, yeah, probably not likely, but if it was to be any team, probably wildcard. And yeah. that is exactly what they did. They're, I mean, their comps were really cool, right? I mean, they had um, they incorporated Zach and Oriana into almost every game that they played. Uh, and Saligo looked great on that Oriana. I know he was a player that we didn't really talk about much when we were discussing wildcard, but just finding these amazing engages, these amazing shockwaves, uh, and then Moose Hater kind of just doing Moose Hater things. I, I think that wildcard, um, of course, the, the competition level isn't like the top of the table of the teams that they have played in week number one. But in terms of teams that we were expected to beat wildcard, I mean, they were definitely two of them probably i mean aoe i know we had as probably the best amateur team or provisional team coming in and you know imz challenger is still a challenger team and they had a blaze olive literally subbing in and, and still got two owed yeah and, and seriously wild card i i just am such a fan of the way they play i know i was also not sold on moose hater last week i'm still not gonna like immediately buy in but moose hater really impressed in week one um, just because we're running low on time for this question, I do want to give a shout out to the other provisional teams as well. I, I will say, coming in, I don't know, I, I don't want to say I expected this more than other analysts, but I did expect competitiveness from the provisional teams coming in, mo most of them at the very right. least. And so I will say, I think most of the other teams are playing to about the level that I expected. AoE splitting games with Fly uh, Challenger is a great look. Um, <clears throat> Team Liquid first as well, picking up a win, uh, I believe, against, what, was it 100 Thieves? That they got a win against, or um, they beat EG. EG, right? Thank you. Um, and so point being, like, it does look like these provisional teams are going to at least be competitive, even if they're not sitting at four wins. So it is a good look for those teams, uh, Graves. Yeah. Last thing I want to say before we go on for the next topic is it's gonna be hard to tell, but I think a large reason that you know provisional teams could be uh like ranked sorry lower than the challenger teams could potentially be some of the infrastructure situations that um could, like are you know in play. city witty 150 ping warrior <laughs> I, obviously there are other players like mossy who are also on under yeah. really high ping but the fact that not all the players are all you know together in the same space and the fact that you know some of them aren't even backed by lcs organizations and obviously the lcs orgs even they're gonna have more resources put into their challenger teams than the provisional teams um most likely just because they're the quote-unquote higher tier roster that has been put together so that could be an interesting thing to take a look at but i honestly am not super sold on that fact i think honestly provisional teams they could you know with the performance after this last week i i am 
you know, pretty impressed by that. And I would not be surprised to see them continue to compete with Academy teams like through and throughout. But that's yeah. enough about this topic. We have Expect to move competitiveness. on to question number two. Competitive games, nonetheless. We saw a lot of those competitive games uh, and a lot of really great performances out of some of players that we might not have expected in uh, going into the first week of NACL. Hawk, who was your biggest surprise player of week number one? Okay. I'm not going to say I didn't expect them to pop off, but young mid dude is smurfing it on Golden Guardians Challenger. Golden Guardians Challenger. Look, they might only have two wins. And honestly, young might be in ELO hell right now. Up against fear, he like clawed game one back by the skin of his teeth on the Cassidy. Uh, he had the game against TL Challengers where he was playing Irelia and was farming like tw 12 CS per minute while the rest of the map was up in flames for him. I'm really impressed by this player because I think coming in, especially with the mid lane promotions, I would have had Young in third behind Doxa, behind um, uh, APA. And Young has really come out the gate swinging against some pretty good mid laners and looked really, really, really good. Um, I have some honorable mentions as well, but that's just like right off the gate. I, I, I know I was hyped about this player last week, and I just feel very vindicated and, and happy to see Young mid succeeding at this level. Yeah, I believe there's five mid lane promotions up to the NACL. That was Darkwings, APA, Shochi. Oh, six, I think. Shochi, Doxa, Blaze, and Young. Uh, and Young definitely was a very deserving one. I had him on my list as well. Um, that Silas game against 100 Thieves, really impressive, as well as, of yeah, course, the Cassidy yeah. game where he just absolutely turned like an, a completely doomed situation. <laughs> I mean, if you go back and watch that game, like, I kind of. I, I've been taking notes on all of these games, and I already kind of penciled in that. Um, Fear, fear we're going to take game number one. And then I look up on my screen and Young picks up a triple kill like in the middle of nowhere, 30 minutes into the game. And um, basically, you know, yeah. Solo wins them that game. And so really impressive stuff out of Young. Uh, in terms of other players, specifically out of challenger teams, because I know we talked a little bit um, about the provisional teams already. I thought Masu out of FlyQuest Challengers yeah. had a really good um get match against TSM challengers I think against um his first game his first uh series sorry against um AoE looked okay didn't look great um and he looked fine in, in a lot of the games but I was specifically impressed by his his play against TSM challengers especially um uh, game number 2 where he was on Lucian um basically Yuji Spyrax who Destroyed you know are the everyone. duo that in the mid jungle that kind of take over the rift in basically every game that they play throughout NACL. They focused all their attention bot lane in game number two. They got Masu's Lucian ahead. He had like two kills in the first five minutes or so. Uh, and he, you know, made it work out, you know, despite um, being on literally 120 ping on the other half of the country <laughs> throughout that match. He, I think, went like 15. He had like 12, at least 10 kills on that Lucian. He had a lot. Of, he had a lot. Game. Uh, and of course... Uh, you know, with the help of Eugene Spyrex, but the fact that he's able to take the resources and, you know, really pop off in that game was something that I was really excited to see because that was, again, as I mentioned last week, a very similar situation to what he was in with TBA. And so now seeing that Masu is able to do that against Wild Turtle and Chime, I mean, it just makes me even yeah. more excited to see this team moving forward. Of course, FlyQuest Challengers stumbled a little bit against AoE in that first game, but uh yeah definitely some some props down him down to him in the bot lane yeah masu really is i i know he was for both of us sort of that player where it's like 
I don't know, he could be good, but we just haven't really seen a lot. We don't really know how he'll look uh, on a different environment than TBA. And and seeing him look good in week one is definitely great. Masu was on my list as well. Um, I'll just shout I had two other like honorable mentions. I'm just going to shout them out really quickly. I think Goo has looked fantastic on FlyFam. Look, y'all were sleeping on the top side of the map for FlyFam. Let it be known. I yeah. S-ranked them. Yeah. They might only have one win, but I'm still hyped <laughs> about this team. Um, and then also Faisal. I know we talked about him earlier, but like... I expected Faisal to be good. Faisal has been excellent, and I'm very impressed. Yeah, shouts to Lunasia as well on FlyFam, yeah. who um, completely new player and looked, you know, pretty pretty decent, pretty um, pretty good, yeah, and pretty and you know had some good moments, had some like not so good moments, but you know solo killed a couple of times, had some really good flanks on Camille in the last series that they ended up playing, mm -hmm. uh, and that Jenkins Warwick thing, you know, we don't have to talk about that, it, it, but. <laughs> Good, he solo killed him once yeah. before it got out of yeah. hand. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we already talked about Moose Hater, so I think that's enough about some some of the standout players from Week One. Let's move on to our third topic of the day, um, which is maybe a little bit more of a negative one as we kind of shift gears towards some of the bad stuff that maybe have happened with some of these teams. Hawk, are we ready to hit the panic button on any team through this first week? I personally would say no, specifically for these two reasons. One. It's the first week, and I think that a lot of uh, you know things can maybe be ev like flattened out and, and and solved in the next couple of weeks, uh, especially for the provisional teams who do have to work fast. But um, you know, there there I think were bright spots for all six of those teams, uh, and I'm not ready to really rule any of them out yet. And second of all, a lot of teams were playing with subs. I think that's easy, something easy to forget. But Hawk, what are your thoughts on this topic? Who are we hitting the panic button on? Who are we like? blow up this roster right now <laughs> well not so, really but grapes i hear everything you're saying and it is perfectly logical but the people want the blazing hot week one take yeah, so i'm yeah. here to give it to them i am pretty concerned about clg faith now i know they've had a uh, you know tough situation in the bot lane with subs and everything and i do think like it's a developmental roster i'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt all the logical things right but CLG Faith is exiting week one with only one win in which they played six games against, uh, and four of them being against provisional teams. And they only won one game in a game where they had tremendous draft gap. Their series against FlyFam yesterday, I thought both games, FlyFam's draft was abysmal. And in game one, FlyFam still managed to get it back because Goo and Blaze and Lunasia just played like absolute psychopaths trying to pick off CLG Faith. But Faith was up like 5,000 gold at 20 minutes. Still somehow managed to lose that game with, I think, a great draft. Then going into game number two, they ban away Lunasia's Camille into the Cassante, which was like the one thing that I said could win the game for FlyFam that game. And... FlyFam then had an even worse draft. It was the exact same draft except for Lunasia's top lane pick. I don't even remember what he played. I think it was Renekton and Cassante. And CLG Faith managed to win, but only barely. And I think if FlyFam drafted better, I think that was a 2-0 series. FlyFam, to me, looked like the better team. And while, like, that isn't necessarily, like, good CLG Faith, I'm glad they got a win. And again, it's a developmental roster. I hear that. But FlyFam, I think, has also looked like one of our weaker teams here. And I think barely being able to claw out a single win against them when you're sort of draft gapping is just really, really concerning to me. That's that's the hot take. I CLG Faith, they, um, yeah, obviously the first two series did not look great. Um, again, roll swaps and, and all. Uh, getting 2 would by fear, but definitely pretty rough, especially how one-sided a lot of that ended up being. Um, but... 
the one thing I do I will want to say I do want to say is I actually do think that their game two against FlyFam was pretty solid. Of course, like Instinct and Sword um, looked pretty good uh, throughout the early game, um, but at the end of the day, like Bijani really popped off on the Cassante at the end of the game at at the end of that game. Uh, it's easy to course, pop despite, off when no one can kill you. But. Despite being, you know, behind, um, I, I think the soul lanes for CLG Faith was my biggest concern. The base state duo of Bijani and Saranok. I know that they're strong collegiate players, but that does not always necessarily right. translate into the into the amateur slash academy scene. Um, but so seeing Bijani pop off, I think Saranok had a couple of good games here and there. Pretty promising for me, and I think hopefully once a lot of the like roster issues ended up getting solved, um, that should hopefully be. Um, kind of a turn towards the better for them. Um, in terms of other teams that like maybe their record isn't necessarily as high as we were expecting, I see 100 Thieves Challengers and Evil Geniuses Challengers both kind of in the middle of the pack. Uh, but again, kind of have to attribute that to roster changes at the moment because uh, I believe like Unforgiven and Destiny literally flew in like the day before they played their yeah. first game. Um, yeah. <laughs> Unforgiven looked pretty questionable the his first game of challengers league uh but then went like 10 and 0 on lucian in his second ever challengers game so i think that the, the I duality think that just, of man <laughs> i think it's just maybe the jet lag setting it for them also eg played with robbie bob and mobility throughout this first week and had a pretty tough schedule um specifically had to play against c9 and i know that was supposed to be a really hyped up matchup but when you had two subs in your carry positions definitely not where you necessarily wanted to be um and I thought Robbie Bob and, and Mobility looked pretty solid, but having just the stability of Ryoma and King eventually, who are just like rocks in the challenger system, I think will definitely be helpful for them. Uh, and I'm not hitting the panic button on either of those teams. And then when you look at the rest of the standings, kind of seems around where we ex kind of expected going in. So that's kind of all that I have in terms of that. And I think that uh, gives us a good segue to talk about the next topic of the day, um, which is shifting gears again towards the NACLQ. Again, the qualifiers, the open qualifiers start this Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Just like last year, it works the same way. Five rounds of Swiss. Uh, the first two games will be played on Saturday. The next three games will be played on Sunday into the 16-team GSL, blah, blah, blah. Very similar format to 2022. Um, and should be a very exciting time for the qualifiers. However... Something that is interesting um, to, to, to take a look at is that there's a lot of these top players and, and, and people that uh, I know I personally was excited about, and I know a lot of other people were definitely excited about as well, who currently, as of you know Tuesday afternoon when we're recording this, have not been signed to a uh, NACLQ team yet. They have not been announced to compete on a roster. Just right off the bat, uh, Zamudo, Griffin... Toasty Alex, Actor, Yumichi, Crimson, Draco, Daption, Donbray, TC Porsche. Uh, and then if you look at the Academy scene as well, you see names like Tony Top and Will. Um, like just people that I would have expected to try and, you know, continue to compete. And they are not on a team so far. And obviously the, the change in the ecosystem is always a conversation that we have had. Hawk, do you think that it's a problem that some of these players have not been announced to rosters just yet? Yeah, so I think this is an interesting question. Um, I I see this as, like, I do, to answer the question, yeah, I do think it's a little, it's not necessarily a problem, but I think it's maybe a little bit concerning. Um, 
but I don't know where like the blame lies necessarily. And it's probably because it doesn't lie in any one place, but it is, you know, a little bit concerning. For example, players like Griffin or Zamudo, for example, Zamudo, someone, a top laner that was pretty much considered like an Academy lock at the end of last year by people that I talked to now is just boot camping in Korea and whether or not he thought that would be a better way to level up or what, I'm not really sure. Um, and, but he's not playing in the scene right now. And right. also, like, Griffin has not been heard from at all since a phenomenal debut in 2022 spring. Yumichi, someone that has really impressed me and a lot of other people for her ADC play, has just, for whatever reason, never been signed to a team. And so I'm wondering, like, do players think that NACL or NACLQ is not necessarily the best path to pro? Uh, and that they they have better ways to level up, or rather, if you're not going to be on a main NACL team, that's then NACLQ is not the best path way to pro anymore. Or is it that teams, for whatever reason, are passing on these players? It might be a little bit of both. Like uh, maybe maybe Yumichi has been passed on again by some of these top tier NACLQ teams, which would be pretty surprising to me because I think again she's really impressed me um, with her gameplay over the last. Uh, split or so um but some players like zamudo like i just wonder if that maybe the competitive drive isn't there this split i know griffin is just like a high schooler maybe he's busy who knows right but it is i i think the answer is yes it's a little bit concerning but i don't know if it's necessarily like a fundamental problem or it's just sort of a lot of confounding variables if that makes sense yeah uh, of course quick disclaimer we're not trying to make assumptions about any of these players obviously um, there could be other yeah. extenuating circumstances for why they are not competing this split. Uh, it just seems like there's a lot of them this time around, and obviously, and, and we haven't heard from a lot of them either. It's not like oh, they're they were looking for a team and they're teamless. It's like you know they they haven't. I mean, <laughs> talking about like Twitter, right? Like we've not seen much. So yeah, and also of course signups are due tomorrow night, I believe, um, or tonight if you're watching this show. So as of the time of recording, there's not. These play some of the players we mentioned, they might have signed in yeah. between that period of time while we're editing and everything like that. Um, but it, it is an interesting conversation, and I think that an interest uh, another cool thing that we could look at is a tweet longer that Coach Julius now Flyfam put out yesterday, uh, in which he kind of talked about how the path to pro he thought maybe faded away with the introduction of, of franchising and relegation. But with um, the new system where you can promote into the NACL, he thought that this was a really good change and mm -hmm. that um, the path to pro maybe seemed a little bit more enticing for some of these younger players that, um, you know, showed a lot of promise last year. But obviously yeah. that doesn't seem like the case right now. And maybe that's because there's six provisional teams. And if you f didn't get onto one of those teams, you maybe feel like you don't feel like, playing in lower competition in the same league this time around but i think my prediction is that as soon as like a team promotes into the nacl through the promotion relegation tournament whether that's this split next split with whatever team i think that that probably will start to um you know bring some of these more some of these players back into the system when they see like if hey we can put together a really good team and compete we can make we like we don't it doesn't we don't need a team uh, right from academy to pick us up we can just get there ourselves by being better um, right and that i think could be a really interesting thing to see what happens also just like the whole um 
idea of what happens between the spring and summer splits. Um, like, are the promoted teams going to be changing their rosters? Are players going to be swapping around a lot in terms of uh, provisional teams to academy teams and challenger teams and, and whatnot? Um, but I think that's just kind of where I stand on it. Um, yeah. I think starting off, just seeing the fact that, like, there's going to be six less, like, competitive rosters available in NACLQ might be something that these players aren't super excited about. Uh, but I do think that eventually uh, this will, you know, start to, the drive maybe will start to be back because the path to pro is a little bit more defined now. Yeah, I, I would guess a lot of the players uh, that we listed before were mostly either, you know, they just didn't want to play the split for one reason or another, or they weren't actively looking for team, or they haven't been announced yet. That, that would be my guess. I doubt that uh, a lot of players were passed on. Um, and I, yeah, I don't want to pass judgment on any teams, players, or anything like that. Um, but, Grapes, you did bring up my one concern about promotion, and then I'll get into what I like about it, is, you know, once teams get promoted, are they going to run with that same five, or are they going to be like, all right, we got promoted, the org is in, and then the org will go ahead and try to field a quote-unquote more competitive roster by signing quote-unquote more competitive players. Right. That is, like, my one concern, and I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but the good thing about this is, you know, I, I was ragging on CLG Faith a little bit, right? Because I, while I'm not, no, I'm not ready to blow up the roster. I'm given the hot take, right? Like I am concerned for them moving towards like promotion relegation. And I know they, again, have been having issues in the bot lane and totally outstanding circumstances. No one's fault in particular. Right. But that's, that's how it is. And instead of like, oh, you know, they could just pick up Scooped or Azog or Scary Jerry, one of these great NACL QADCs. If I'm Scooped, Azog, Scary Jerry, or, or any of the ADCs in NACL Q, I'm sitting here licking my lips thinking, I might just be able to promote, promote my whole team and, and get past CLG. I don't want to join them. I want to beat them, you know, and I yeah. think that's great for the ecosystem. I'm really excited to see the promotion relegation. Obviously, we have to get through the, uh, right. the NACL Q it's a long first, way um, but... I think it's going to be pretty cool, which I think is a good segue into our last topic. Again, we're going to keep this one a little bit short just because of time, and we're almost at the half-hour mark already. But It's another ethical um, question, though. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more of one of the philosophical ones where we kind of sit back, maybe like pull up our, our like old-fashioned pipe and really just consider the meaning of life in a way. Um, <laughs> there's been a couple of news, um, news sources in the past a couple of weeks that um, – haven't been super exciting for some of the players and coaches that have um, made their way onto NACL teams or high-profile NACL Q teams. Uh, starting off, we had Pukar, the coach that was announced of for Cincinnati Fear. Uh, he was released a couple of days before um, he before that roster ended up um, competing in NACL. And also, uh, talking about the NACL Q qualifiers, the Supernova support Detro. Um, put out a post saying, hey, I was kicked from Supernova. Uh, don't know really how or why this ended up happening, but um, just really sucks. Uh, and obviously it sucks to see people who, yeah. you know, thought they were going to be getting great opportunities have them taken away before they even get the chance to prove themselves in a game. Um, but, you know, Hawk, these changes happen for one reason or another. Is it always the bad move? And, and are these organizations always in the wrong? Yeah, so this this question's a little bit tricky for me as well, and I'm, I guess, probably for like the fifth time this episode, risking playing the bad guy here a little bit, because I'm going to preface my whole argument with saying I actually believe that organizations do reserve the right to change players or staff or whatever if they think it'll benefit them, as long as they're not like breaching contracts or anything like that. Now, that 
that's just going to be like my infinitive statement. I'm going to let that one stand and say, but that doesn't change the fact that depending on the circumstances of each individual coach or player or staff member or whatever, it can be incredibly scummy. Um, it can feel bad. I don't really know how contracts are structured. If there's really contracts at all in this uh, level of NACLQ play um, and, and, and how that all works. So I don't you know, know how legally binding they are. And by and large, while I do believe that orgs reserve the right to do what they are going to do, uh, as long as they're not like breaking any rules, I do think that pl protecting players is really important. And if there's not already, there should be a better system for making sure that players and staff members know what they're getting themselves into. So I think, like, I think basically TLDR. I think the orgs reserve the right, but there needs to be better systems in place so that the orgs don't have as much power to screw people over. Does that make sense? I, I see where you're coming from. I think the biggest thing, um, and this probably will be like the last thing that I have to say about this, is um, you know, if you are making these roster decisions and then immediately after you announce something well, and have everything yeah. locked in, and see, you, that's, you feel that's like you have to make a change, like that doesn't... like. There's something going that either something like is really unexpected, in which case like you should be able to voice your concerns. Hey, we really thought that this was going to be a problem. Um, or, you know, you should have made that decision beforehand right. and, and before you ended up locking people up to contracts before other organizations um, may like had to rescind offers that another player or coach was, was you know, given. Um, it just feels like if you are going to make that really hard commitment to, to go with a player or a coach, you should at least give them a little bit of runway unless something goes horrendously wrong. And if you really think that a change has to be made, that's probably something that you as an organization messed up with along the line somewhere yeah. to even have gone for that uh, that choice. Um, I definitely agree with that. Thankfully for Pukar and Detro, they do have new opportunities and we will be cheering them on. Detro is now the support for, I believe the name is Godel Gamers, who is the roster <laughs> that was announced with Trickster. Uh, and Pukar will be coaching Lit Esports, another team in the NACLQ with a, real, a couple of really exciting names, um, some of whom might be mentioned in our part two. But that's going to do it for our headline section. Uh, and we're going to move on to the second part of the episode, which is where we will be drafting our dream NACLQ teams. All right, here we are, part two of episode two of Salty Runback. This is the segment where we get to have a little bit of fun uh, and focus in on some uh, parts of the NACL ecosystem that we are particularly excited about. And what we are very excited about, Hawk, is the NACLQ Open Qualifiers, which start yes, on Saturday. Again, these teams will be fighting throughout the next couple of months to fight for qualification points to earn themselves into the promotion relegation tournament, where they will be up against the bottom four NACLQ provisional teams, who you know we, we talked about some of them being good, some of them being not as good uh, in the first part. But uh, yeah, now we have a whole list of players uh, set up. Not all the rosters have been announced for Saturday just yet, as we are recording this on Tuesday. The rosters lock on Wednesday night. Uh, but some of these teams have uh, made announcements with some pretty exciting rosters nonetheless. Uh, and what we will be doing is picking out who we think the best of the best are, highlighting some of these players that we really like, and uh, forming our dream teams to take on the NACL uh, provisional teams. Hawk, let's ex uh, explain to us how this format works. All right. So we all play the game League of Legends, right? You've probably seen Pro Draft before. We know how tournament draft works well. <laughs> 
what if instead of drafting champions, we drafted the NACLQ players so that Grapes and I could each construct a super team of our making to take on the <laughs> NACL? That's what we're going to do. That's the format. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, so if you didn't exactly catch on what's going on, it's five <laughs> picks. We're going to each draft our champions in a snake order, but... It's the same as League of Legends, where we're going to ban five champion, five players as well. Three in the first phase, two in the second phase. That way, we can maybe target some of the pools that we think are weaker or stronger in terms of players in their role. Uh, and it guess maybe adds a little bit of nuance to, you know, talking about uh, some more people instead of just, you know, naming the two best players in each position. So uh, this that's how we're going to work have things set up. Hawk has a whole litany of uh, pictures and, and photographs that he will be live producing on the spot for us. So very excited yes. to see that, how that goes. Um, but maybe, Hawk, you want to pull up the rosters real quick for the oh, current idea. announced teams so we know what kind of pool of players that we're working with really quickly. Yeah, so here's the rosters up on your screen right now. Um, obviously, a few more than we had last time around when we recorded. All right, I got to make sure to count this time so I don't fuck it up. Uh, we have 11 rosters. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we have 11 rosters this time around. I think last time we only had seven um, with Lit, Godel, Team Fish Taco, and Chaotic being the new kids in town. Um, pretty hype rosters have been announced, too. And, and, and again, sort of similar to last time. Uh, my opinion is sort of the same in that feel like all these teams sort of have some sort of exciting piece that they've built around. And there's also quite a few players that I know a lot less about. So I'm really excited to see them play. Um, and obviously, Supernova position is blank. We sort of talked about that at the end of last uh, segment. But Grapes, I, is it time? Do you have anything else to it's say time. about the rosters before we no. jump in? No. Well, we'll talk about the players that we like uh, once we start picking and banning them, if you All know right. what I mean. You're on the blue side to start things off, which means you get the first ban of the day. Take us through your thought process here. All right. So here's here's my thought process in general. I, I'm just going to straight up say that I think that there is one position that's a lot better, like a lot deeper than all the others, and one position that's a lot weaker than all the others. Um, pretty obviously for me. So I am less concerned about both of those because I, uh, and I'm not going to tell, I don't want to say what they are because I'll say them at the end, but you know, grapes, I don't want to give you too much information. Um, right now. But so I'm going to sort of focus on the other pools. So I'm going to go ahead and right off the bat, I'm going to probably go ahead and ban out Scooped. Because he's too good. <laughs> oh, that was that's an interesting that's an interesting one. Okay, scooped taken off the board. Hawk's gonna set up um, the the Photoshop image. Uh, I don't think that there is a scooped pro draft. So. Yeah. So uh, just for the record, I took every player's picture from Leaguepedia, but if they didn't have one, I improvised. So some of them are gonna be pretty goofy. Um, but we go with it. Okay, so scoop taken away. Uh, if you didn't know, ADC for native. I think he's probably the strongest ADC. Ice cream scoop. <laughs> I, I think it's a good time to talk about the players as they kind of get selected. I yeah. think scoop is the best ADC in the pool that has been announced so far. So I think that's a very smart ban that you have. And now it comes to my turn on the red team, uh, in which case I have to kind of think about this now. Because on the red side, of course, you get the last pick, but... The more interesting thing, especially in a draft like this, is that even though Hawk gets to pick first, I get the next two picks after that. And so I have to really think about 
what kind of players I think are really good. If Hawk wants to pick up the first power pick, do I want to like just get who I think are the next two strongest players? I'm not so sure right now. So I'm taking a look around again, and I believe Hawk. I am going to ban Scary Jerry. Oh, okay. The ADC pool is getting pinched off the bat. I mean, I... Okay, so I'm just going to straight up say I had Scooped and Scary Jerry as my 1 and 2 ADC, and I'm assuming you did the exact same thing. <laughs> yes, I did. Yep. Sounds about right. His uh, former collegiate, or maybe current still collegiate uh, partner in Azog still on the board, though. So, you know, that could always be a possibility. I do like Azog a lot. And... then. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I'm going to be banning Azog with my second Ooh. ban as well. Um, I uh, Again, I had Azog as my third best ADC, and I, uh, I'll just explain the reasoning for this, even though I guess it tips my hand a little bit. But I feel that Scoop, Scary Jerry, and Azog as the top three ADCs in NACLQ right now is pretty clear to me. Um, and I wasn't looking to first pick any of them, obviously, which is why I'm pinching the ADC pool for Grapes on his one, too. Interesting. Okay, I'm looking around again. I think there's an elephant in the room that we're not bringing up right now, Hawk. What's the elephant? I, I, I don't see any elephants. I only see really bad players that I don't want to pick, and you shouldn't ban any of them. I'm banning Pocket Rhino. Ooh, Rhino. Okay. Okay. Do you want to you want to explain that one for me? The more the more we talk about these players, the more time I have to set up this. Yeah, Pocket Rhino support <laughs> alongside Scooped for Native Gaming. The Native Gaming bot lane will not be selected. Uh, if you don't know and and haven't been following for the, like more than a couple of years uh, in amateur and stuff, Pocket Rhino played a lot of Seawall and also was on Zeus Gaming last year. Also sub for Team Liquid Academy. Uh, not last year, 2021. He was on Zeus Gaming, which was a really exciting amateur team that. Went up against academy teams in Proving Grounds and did pretty well. Um, Rhino also was sport sub for Team Liquid Academy uh, a couple of times, I believe. And now is on a amateur roster again in Native Gaming alongside Scoop. And I think that he uh, looked really great in their, in their tryouts. I think he is a really great leader and shot caller. Uh, and I think that he's a really exciting piece uh, to that roster. So I'm going to be taking him away. That is that is more than valid. Okay, with you taking off take taking Rhino off the board, I'm going to head to go ahead and ban away Winter for Team Fish Taco, um, who is also a very very experienced support. Uh, took took a year off in North America. I think he played in Europe a little bit, but he's been in the scene by and large for a very long time. Very very good support, I believe. What well, he's been on some really historically successful teams. He was on Resolve in 2021 summer right. with Array. Um, he was on Barrage, I think, as well. Um, so, uh, Winter, a very, very experienced, great support uh, that I do not want to give grapes on R1. Also, fan of the show. Shout out Winter. Um, really, really nice guy. Um, and hopefully is enjoying the podcast episode and, and the fact that we are considering him one of the best supports in the pool of players that have been uh, banned away. Yeah. Which leads me to. <laughs> if my you've last... been banned, take this as an honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is an honor. Um, okay. My final ban. Again, I'm really taking a look right now. Again, around the pool. Graves, I just want you to know you haven't banned the person I've been planning on first picking. So just let that make you sweat. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm aware. Oh, and really? Now, and now this, is, now this is a little bit concerning because I have two players. That I really want. 
Ooh. that aren't the first pick that you're thinking of. And so I'm debating if you know who they are, and we're going to go one for one And I, after I ban your player, or if I give you that guy and I take my two. Ooh, this is interesting because I'm actually really curious. I I have I, – I think I see who you're talking about. I think I see who you're talking about. But I don't know. I'm banning Dragoon. It's like stressing me out. Like I, I banned Dragoon. Dragoon is my favorite. No! Damn it! I wanted Dragoon. Uh, was my hot pick? take. Dragoon was your first pick. Dra Dragoon was always going to be my first pick the whole time. I banned. I banned Dragoon. Yeah. Oh no! That's so. I called. Well. Yeah. <sighs> I, okay, Hawk. As the person who wanted to select Dragoon with your first overall pick, tell me why you are so upset that I banned him away. Dragoon is just such a great top laner. Um, in terms of, I I've seen Dragoon play a lot of different playstyles on on a, quite a few different teams now, and it feels like Dragoon is always someone that can win lane and then impact the game for your team. Um, you know, and, and Dragoon also, I I think there's, you know, he's considered Darius one trick or whatever. I think there's always great threat in a player. Um like Dragoon that has a champion like Darius that you have to respect, but he doesn't rely on to be successful. So I am pretty high on Dragoon for that reason. Yep, Dragoon, top laner for Supernova. Uh, we'll be playing alongside uh, Azog, and uh, that's the other Supernova player that has been taken off the board in the draft. But that's so upsetting, Graves. That's our first round of bans, which means, Hawk, you got the B1. Who are you selecting first overall in this uh, path to pro draft, as we have creatively named? Now I gotta think about this, man. I I don't know. I I think this is so tense. This is really. I tense. have so much I want to say, but I'm not gonna say anything right now. So sort of, sort of the issue I'm having right now is it with all the players that I would first pick. I, basically, all the players that I thought were clearly better than everyone else in their role that are remaining are gone, and everyone I sort of rate like one two with somebody, which I feel like actually favors Grapes a lot here for when because I don't want to first pick someone that Grapes is going to be more than happy to handshake. I gotta feel I want to feel like I get one on him. Um, I think I'm gonna go ahead and first pick. Ooh. Man, oh, this is tough. Clock, clock's ticking, man. Clock's ticking. I know the clock's ticking. I know the clock's ticking. I am going to first pick. I think I'm going to take Niles on one. Are you sure? I am sure. I'm taking Niles. You I'm really? taking Niles. Top laner for Maryville. Okay, now I'm just confused. I. It appears, Hawk, that we have diff very different perspectives on some of these players. Really? So Niles, Maryville University, first overall B1 Niles, uh, if you want to turn that into a meme, because I don't think he really ever first picks uh, for Maryville University. Great, uh, was in the LCS, now back in Collegiate, uh, has dominated Collegiate basically up in the top lane um, for a couple of years now. Has a lot of really signature picks like the Gangplank and the Gnar and stuff like that. Um, yeah, if you want to give a quick explanation for why this is your first pick, and, and then I can... Uh, now I, now I just really don't know what I want to do. 
so the reason I, I basically uh, I had um, I had Niles as my number two top laner. I, I think um, him and another top laner both have very similar qualities in terms of what they can bring to a team. But I think Niles is better than the other one a, a little bit. Um, I assume Grapes will pick the one that I didn't pick. Um, and just when I look across all of the positions here, I when I when I'm looking at who I want to build a roster around, I do think Niles has a play style that you can build a roster around and is is uh, going to be very dominant in NACLQ. So that's sort of that's sort of why I'm picking him up. Okay. Uh, deep breath. You're fucking trolling, Hawk. I'm picking Fnatic R1. Okay. Fnatic so is the best player in this entire league that has been locked in so far. I'm picking Fnatic. So, I hear you, right? But, but, let me, let me defend myself a little bit on this one. Because, yes, no. I agree. Fnatic. <laughs> this guy should be on an academy team. This guy has been, should have been on an academy team for, like, two straight years. Easy, easy, easy pickup. Going to be the best player in NACLQ. Um, despite, you know, some of the, you know, hesita hesitancy I had about Native, none of it was about this player. Um, honestly, kind of a travesty that he's even in the league. I know that you're looking at Trickster and Darduck and being like, you know, those are players that I can potentially trade off. No. It, it's, it's, it's Fnatic. He's, he's amazing. He's, he's look, great. Look, Graves, I hear you. I hear you most certainly. But I am looking at this jungle pool, and I, I think Fnatic is the best player here. I, like, I, I will say that. I think Fnatic is the best player by, in this league, I, I period. Think, I think by a lot. I, yes. I, I, well, by a lot? I think there's some really great junglers here. I, I think there there are. I think the I think some of the players that, you know, were in jungle that were in amateur last year, you know, some of them, like, just aren't on a team right now. Uh, I think Trickster is really good. Dardock, of course, maybe a question mark as somebody who's coming back from competitive. Uh, but yeah, I just think Fnatic is far and away. Oh, Hyper as well. He's a good player. Uh, but Fnatic, I think by, by far is going to, to really, really be Fair solid enough. in the scene. Fair enough. Uh, and with my second pick, I'm going to take a look here. I'm going with Zyko from Maryville University. I think that okay. right now yeah. the support pool looks relatively pinched. And I think Zyko has been really, really good uh, for Maryville alongside Scary Jerry uh, and Azog. It really doesn't really matter who he has been with. Uh, and, yeah, just looked really great throughout the uh, qualifiers last year. And I am excited to have this as my one-two. Yeah. Zyko was the player I was deciding between with Niles on B1 for the similar reason that I think he is better than the other supports remaining. I think that's a good pick, Grapes. Um, Zyko, definitely a... a Something I've been impressed about with him is in 2021, I sort of, I, I think I actually said on cast, I called him Psycho Zyko in the sense that like he's a great, was a crazy engaged support player. That's sort of what I associated him with. In 2022 uh, and sort of in the fall of this collegiate season, I have been actually pretty impressed with, I think Zyko has shown a lot of flexibility to play more defensive champions. And while Maryville just in general is a very aggressive team, so he's still got that signature aggression, he's not just a tank one trick. And I think that is a great uh, sign for Zyko moving forward. Yeah, I, that, I'm, I'm very happy with my jungle support. They are going to be absolute maniacs across the rift. Uh, and I'm very happy with how this ended up working out. You're on the board, Hawk. You're on the clock. Who are you, who All right, are you I'm on the clock. So I am going to go ahead and take um, 
right off the bat, so so jungle I, I already revealed, I think is the most deep role here. I think the shallowest role is definitely going to be mid lane. Um, I, I think mid lane is honestly looking a little shallow and NACLQ. And based on that, I do want to snap on my, my snap up my mid laner before Graves can ban some out and then first pick one on red. So I'm gonna go ahead and take the one that I said is <clears throat> one of the best young players in amateur. I want messages, Grapes. Okay. Messages on native gaming. So that is everybody on native gaming taken away. Um Yeah. Oh, not yet, actually. There's still Shaki who has not been selected yet. Uh out of the top lane pool. But Messages on third party last year. He um, looked pretty promising here and there. Uh, and I think really impressed specifically in Champions queue and also... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I'm distracted now. That What is that? <laughs> it's Gmail, man. It's a message. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, look, look, like I said, if they didn't have a Leaguepedia photo, I got creative. We got the ice cream scoop. We got the, the message. All right, all right. Um... Messages, uh, as I was saying, uh, really impressive champions queue for Worlds, and also hit a pentakill against some like uh, literal teams that were playing in Worlds, uh, and also at the native gaming tryouts was far and away the best mid laner that tried out, uh, and so I'm very excited about this player. He, my thought process originally, Hawk, was you're gonna first pick Fnatic, and I would go Zyko messages on one two. So I okay, um, so that was my thought process. But I think I kind of got still what I wanted here in the two for one. That that's fair. That's more than fair that you got what you wanted in the two for one right there. But Graves, you might you might think I'm even crazier for this. I am going to go ahead and not pick jungle right here, and I am going to take uh I'm going to go ahead and take Pluto off the board. Support for Team Ambition. Interesting. Okay, Pluto, Team Ambition. Grandview University, as um, you're about to see as well. Uh, he looked really solid. I, I think the biggest thing for him is he's a great shot caller, and so that's going to really help your team. Yeah. All right, Grapes. It's all down to you on R3. Okay, so we already have a little bit of disparity right now. You don't have a jungler. I don't have a top laner locked in or a mid laner. So you, we have uh, a lot of disparities right now in terms of where we want to go, which means that you can basically pinch the pool of any role that I don't pick up here and don't match with. So maybe the strategy is to do neither and Ooh, just pick okay. somebody else. And now that I'm looking about, now I'm looking around, that might be the option because if I do that, it means that I will have my solo laners for later and you can only ban one uh never mind i'm picking town you're taking town all right good choice i would have banned him if you didn't i think town looked really promising on clg faith had some really really great games looked a little bit kind of you know invisible in some of the games i think that that is a very similar case with messages honestly in terms of how well i thought they he how good i thought he looked um and so i think that this is going to be a pretty pretty solid matchup i think that town on team ambition is probably the most exciting the excited i am about any of these players uh and looking around the rest of the mid lane pool there's of course some other good options there's get back there's also yunbi who used to play on golden guardians academy back in like 2020 um but 
out of the options that I'm looking at, I think I just want to lock in town, and I'm going to try to clean up the scraps with my bot lane and top lane after this. That is, <clears throat> that is more than fair, Grapes. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I had to get a different image for town because the one I was trying to use was the wrong file type, so give me okay. just one sec. I definitely... Town was a player um, I know that was pretty hyped up coming into uh, PGCQ last year, and I agree. Town was not ultimately the most impressive player ever in summer, but uh, definitely showed a lot of promise, and, and I, I still think there's a reason why Town was hyped up and, and could be really great. There's Town. <laughs> there's also no picture for Town, so it's a Town. Um, Grapes, I do believe you get the first ban here. Yes, and now I'm very, very concerned because I'm looking at the bot lane pool. Both of us have yet to select an AD carry. I just want it's you to know, I only have images for two bot laners that are even remaining. It's been, <laughs> um, it's been thinned out a little bit, I have to say, because we banned Scooped, we banned Scary Jerry, we banned Azog. Yeah. There's some other people still on the board that I think are good, but I'm not entirely sure how we're going to deal with this right now. So you have bot lane and jungle still to select. I... I'm going to ban Hyper from Supernova. Ooh, okay. Former Academy talent. Um, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's a good ban. I think Hyper's really good. Again, like this is sort of why I didn't pick jungle earlier on. I think that just the jungle talent pool uh, that we have available in NACCLQ is actually really, really good. Um, there's a lot of great players that uh, are going to be competing in the split so i didn't feel like even though Fnatic, i do agree is is an amazing player is definitely um one of the best players like Fnatic are why that i felt i could afford to fall yeah, very fair there's still some other really good junglers on the board i'm sure you'd be happy with any of them that you end up selecting honestly because i don't think i can ban them all out at this point um but yeah uh, your your turn. You got to ban. All right, I got to go ahead and ban. Man, do I might have to do it to us? Great. So you you don't have a top laner and an ADC, and here's the problem. Grapes gets first pick after this, so I have a feeling what Grapes is gonna do is he's gonna use his next ban to ban out the other ADC that I really want, uh, and then pick the one that I don't want. Well, that doesn't actually work because then if I ban it, then you're just gonna ban the other one. If there's if we if we are both seeing the same two, you get oh, the option to, to grapes. Elect you're a genius. At the end, so grapes. I, you're you a genius. Go, you can either go for the trade or you can or you can go for the flip flop here. You're right. I don't have to preemptively ban an ADC because I get the last ban in this phase. Wow, I'm so smart, guys. Um. Okay, then with that being said, uh, you then let me go ahead. Oops. Okay, let me go ahead and ban out. Uh, I'm going to ban out Olorum then in the top lane. Um, mm. Very, very consistent player for Team Fish Taco. It's sort of, in many ways, like, like not that this should be the narrative, but I do think some people do consider Olorum to sort of be like a gatekeeper for amateur. Um, Grapes, you have any thoughts on that? I was really considering Olorum as my top laner because... Uh, I don't know like how like realistic we're going in with this, but my players are all relatively young. I know Fnatic has had a lot of experience, but having a Lorem there, it's kind of just this rock in the top lane that has in the past, and I think still currently can kind of just go blow for blow with Niles up in the top side of the map. That would be very, very important for me. Um, I still see some other 
decent top lane options here that I have to select, but you definitely took away one that I was really considering. So, um, really smartly played by you. And I think I'm going to do it to us here, Hawk. I am going to ban Sophus Sage on Horizon Gaming. Oh no, we're going to do it. We're gonna, I'm going to have to find new ADC images. I had five on my board. And I think they're all going to get banned out, Grapes. Tell me tell me why you're banning out Sofa Sage here. Well, Sofa Sage, I think, actually looked amazing in CLOL on base state. I know we were talking a little bit about why I wasn't super confident about um, Saranok and Bijani, at least in NACL. But I think that Sofa Sage looked very good mechanically as an ADC. Uh, and again, this is not NACL. It's the level below that. And in terms of kind of the ADC pool, I think he's he's definitely up there in terms of people that are still available, especially after we have taken a lot of them away at this point. Yeah, I should have I should have anticipated this, but I I, I agree. I think um Saranok and the bottom lane specifically Sofa Sage were the best parts of that base eight roster. They are the reason why that team got to top two. Um, and so not to take anything away from the other success of that base eight roster. I do agree. I think Sofa Sage is a great player. I'm honestly kind of excited to see Sofa Sage not on base eight because through pretty much I think every tournament last year Sofa Sage just played for base eight. Um, mm -hmm. which so and and they only made one group stage. The base eight roster as a whole struggled in the amateur environment. And so I am sort of just looking forward to seeing if this player on a different team can actually really elevate and and sort of match up against everybody else. But grapes, I gotta do it. I as much as I want to reunite Aaron and Pluto on my team, I know you would pick him with your first pick. <laughs> Aaron, out of here. ADC pool, consider it pinched. <laughs> yeah. I think we kind of knew this was coming when we, our first three bands of <laughs> the game were all 80 carries. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, of course, on Team Ambition with his former collegiate bot lane partner in Pluto. Now he's playing at SLU, I believe, as well. So um, I, I think he's really solid. Was on CLG Faith last split. Looked fine. I, he didn't really stand out in terms of, like, all of what I was expecting out of him, especially from watching him in the Midwest Esports Conference for the past uh, year. But... Definitely one of the top marksmen still left on the table. And in terms of other ADCs that we could still pick up, it's looking rel relatively thin at this point, Hawk. But I still think I have the better edge here because with my R4, I'm going EU red out of Team Fish Taco. <sighs> oh, this is so bad for me. I might have drafted myself into a hole. Tell me, tell me what EU red brings to the table, Grapes. So if you're not, if you haven't been following just NACL or PGCQ in the past year, if you've only been following PGCQ, you might not know this name at all. But uh, EU red is the ADC for Team Fish Taco. He has been the ADC for Team Fish Taco for a couple of months at this point now, I believe. Uh, let me just pull this up really quickly. His Wikipedia. Yeah, so he was a sub on the team throughout the summer split, uh, and then joined them throughout UPL and on UPL he won he finished first place he beat UST's roster in a best of five five game series uh, alongside Alorum, Trickster, Toasty Alex and Trevor um, and so he I think I, I caught up I caught a couple of games in that series and he looked really solid he was one of he was like a, a very capable player down there in the bottom lane for um, the side of Team Fish Taco and in terms of the ADC pool uh, pool right now that are known quantities, he is kind of the last off the board, and he's not even really a known quantity at all. So that is that is my R four pick. 
yeah, I think as an R4 pick, that one makes a lot of sense. And that definitely puts me in a tricky spot with uh, with the ADC pool coming up here. We are running um, low on time. We're at like 27 minutes of this segment, so we should, we should wrap okay, up the rest right, of this. Okay, all right, all right. Let's get through this then. So that's EU Red getting picked up <laughs> with my last couple picks here. So I need a uh, jungler and an ADC. So as Grape said, I, I do think there are some really great junglers left remaining. Um, and the one I'm going to pick up is going to be the Odd Orange, the partner in crime mm. to Niles. Grapes, I hear you reacting to that one. Are you you a fan of Odd Orange? You're not okay, a fan? So, so synergy-wise, this makes, of course, a ton of sense. Odd Orange and Niles, they're like kind of the, the hyper-chad topside duo that will renect and elise dive you level 3, level 4, level 5, and level 6. Um, so I exactly. think that that makes a lot of sense. He's been pretty good. Of course, Iconic has also been playing on Maryville um, throughout the last half of Split or so. I don't know exactly if he's going to be playing with them here, but listed on the roster is Odd Orange for this upcoming NACLQ Split. I do think that Trickster, Dardock, even like RBM, uh, Munchie, all great options. Also, shout out to King Nidhogg, who is like a streamer. Uh, and now is going to be playing on Horizon Gaming. I think every time I watch him play, I am think I think to myself, wow, this guy is very, very smart. And I think that this actually could be a team in Horizon that maybe goes a little bit farther than people expect. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see what you I see where you are in the sense that there's a lot of really good junglers, uh, and Odd Orange is, is definitely one of them. Yeah, Odd Orange, I, I do think is really great. And honestly, th this I don't know if this is a hot take or not. But I do actually think that Odd Orange is ha, looked better than Iconic for Maryville last year. I think Iconic coming back to Maryville in summer looked good, but not great. And I think Odd Orange actually was seemed to be a really big proponent for the team's playstyle as a whole. Not so much that he was individually performing better, but I think the team, for whatever reason, looked better with him playing. But Grapes, uh, <clears throat> finally... I, had, I do have to pick my ADC, and I am going to pick up another collegiate ADC. I'm going to pick up Chrono, someone pretty new to yeah. the uh, the scene here. Um, AD carry for Northwood University. He also played on the Wolfpack in UPL last year, a team that actually played pretty well. Um, and honestly, Northwood, uh, has I do believe, uh, from my limited knowledge of collegiate, has been pretty, pretty hyped coming into this year. So I uh, want to see what he's able to do on basically Northwood's roster uh, again here in uh, on the Super Sunshine team. Yep, Chrono and Repi, uh, alongside Izo, were on that Northwood team last year. Now they bring in RBM and Clyde as some new additions to that team. Uh, they were, they're very, Northwood is very popular in other esports. I think their, like, Rocket League team is the best in the world by, like, far. Um, but haven't really gotten much into League, but now have uh, Keelix there uh, and some other really cool people. And I think that uh, Super Sunshine Fruit Basket Wolves, which is basically Northwood East roster, uh, could be a pretty good team, both in NACL Q and also in CLOL down the line, um, which leaves me to my R5. I have a top laner to select. Is that correct? You have a top laner to select. Okay. So looking at the board right now, so this is where I would have gone to Lorem because I think my team right now is very young. And I need an experience. Mm. I, I kind of want a little bit of experience to, to round things out. And I'm looking at the pool, and I see people. I see young players with a lot of potential, and maybe some more experienced players with not as much experience, not as much like high of a, not as high of a ceiling, if you know right. what I mean. Yeah. And I'm debating I who I want to go with here at this point. 
but I am trying to get back onto Colomer's good side. So, I'm, are you gonna do it? Are you gonna take him? I'm so he's so new. He's so new, Hawk. Um, no, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna spice things up. I'm gonna take Cozy from Team Ambition. Uh, okay, that's what I expected. I expected you to take Cozy, but you almost took Shocky. I'm I'm kind of impressed. Well, no, I I I don't think Shocky's a bad player at all. I think Shocky. Um, yeah, I I don't want to like kind of have my words misconstrued in any way. Shocky um looked amazing in the native gaming tryouts that I watched um and casted the first few days of. Very aggressive in lane, playing tons of, of like hyper carry picks, things like Fiora and, and Camille and, and, and kind of beating people like Dragoon uh at times. The only problem is that those three games are the only games that I have ever seen of Shocky play League of Legends. And I think <laughs> that that's a little bit concerning. I think that he has a huge ceiling, uh, but with a team that is already relatively young, I, I think having a little bit more experience could be a better option. Cozy from SLU, from Supernova, from a couple of other teams, now back at Team Ambition. Um, he's been kind of that new, inexperienced top laner for a while. He was on 100 Thieves next, actually, on that original roster with Goo, uh, which is where he got his start as well. Uh, and I think he has shown some really good things on, on champions like Aurelia uh, and, and like Gwen, but hasn't been in the scene for a while. Kind of um, just like didn't play on an amateur team last split uh, and now kind of in a, a new situation on, on I think a pretty high caliber amateur team. I'm, I'm kind of just, <laughs> just maybe bait to see if Colomer watches my show so, so he can flame me in my DM. <laughs> But um, uh, Cozy, I, I was a big fan of from Supernova. I cast a lot of their games um, in 2021. So I'm pretty happy with how this worked. I was also thinking about picking up Izo out of Super Sunshine Fruit Basket Wolves as just being kind of a, that rock in the top lane, can play tanks, can just like be solid against Niles. I'll take the risk. I'll, 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 I'll have myself a little Cozy. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Cozy is a very solid top laner. I, I also do agree, like... It's sort of what I was saying about, um, like, Kim down in our last episode, too. I think there's a reason that these teams that are clearly looking to be competitive with good GMs are... <laughs> that's for you, Calmer. With good GMs are trying... Are picking these players up, like Shockey. Like, yeah, Shockey's unproven, and, and so that's where my surprise comes from. But there's got to be a reason that this team believes in Shockey, and so i do sort of factor that into my decision making a little bit but grapes we do have our rosters fully locked in i know we're a little over time so we, maybe we could cut out some of the stuff in the middle but because maybe we should talk about these a little bit i have niles uh for, so from top to bottom i'll go i have niles odd orange messages uh chrono and pluto and you have cozy fanatic town e red and zyko how are we feeling about these teams um, my bot junk, my jungle support is going to dive Chrono fifty times in a row and win the game. Mm. So, I hear you, I hear you. But how about my top jungle diving poor little cozy? He's not gonna be so cozy in the top lane up there anymore, Grapes. <laughs> oh man, I guess you have the maybe stronger. Uh, I don't even know if you have the stronger top side, honestly. Like, I mean, Niles probably over cozy, but. I like Fnatic. I like Town. I think Messages is good, but I think that is a little bit closer than maybe some people might think. Um, we pinched the bot lane pool pretty heavily, so that's kind we of did. where we're at with that. Um, 
And I think we picked up some some pretty good players overall. I'm, I'm I'm happy with how this went. I was a little bit worried about how this format works. I don't think this has ever been done on like a, a show before. No, I know. I don't think so. I've seen like expansion drafts where they just kind of go back and forth. But the picks and ban I think the bands actually really played an interesting factor because we can we could target different pools of players that we thought were strong. Yeah, I thought this was cool because I feel like we pretty much each went down like our top five plus list of like each role and and sort of had to had to factor that in. I, I, I do think that this was actually really cool, especially because, like, a lot of, especially in the first six bands, a lot of really great players got taken away. And so, I mean, great Grapes, I don't know about you. You got who I had rated number one in jungle. I got who I had rated number one in mid. And then, like, the top one or two in every other position kind of got pinched out. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. And, and obviously... These are just kind of our opinions on from the outside looking in. We obviously we don't have access to scrims or anything like that. Right. So we're just kind of going off of what is publicly available. And what will be publicly available in a couple of days is the NACL Q Open Qualifiers. They are happening on Saturday. Uh, as you're watching this on Wednesday night, if you're watching this on Wednesday night, uh, live either on our watch party on Twitch or our YouTube uh, premiere, uh, there's some of the teams that have still not been announced, but they will be locking in tonight i believe at midnight and then hawk we got something exciting planned for thursday yeah yes we do we have we've got a very exciting thursday playing graves because there's going to be an unofficial official nacloq reveal show on thursday night over on um one of the street. I mean, it's it's going to be summer and all of them doing it. What 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 Twitch channel should I direct? Yeah. Them to, so Graves? so the reveal show, which uh, we did last year and had a lot of fun with, will be t this Thursday, which is uh, January twenty sixth at I believe t seven p.m. East, seven p.m. Right after time, LCS. Basically, right after LCS on Twitch.tv/smaxhide. It'll be uh, summer or Smacks Alk Battery and Ravishing Ravish uh, taking you through the reveals of all 32 teams and immediately following that they're going to be heading straight to us for a live reaction special edition episode of salty runback where we'll go through all 32 of the teams highlight some of the things that we thought were interesting both about the selection process and also previewing the next couple of days of open qualifiers uh and i'm just really excited it's going to be a really fun time we're going to be live streaming an episode for the first time which will be cool uh and also uh, we have some potential plans for co-streaming. Some of the open qualifier matches have not had all of that locked in just yet, but make sure to stay tuned. We'll probably have more information at our live reveal show recap. Uh, but overall, really excited. We got a lot of uh, NACLQ business to be attending to this week, Hawk. Yeah, we really do. As you said, I would be surprised if you didn't see our faces in some capacity on Saturday and Sunday during the OQs. Uh, we don't know exactly in what capacity, but we'll announce that when we do. Catch us on Thursday night after the reveal show. Catch Summer on her channel with Ravish and uh, Alk Battery doing the reveal show immediately after the LCS, TTV, Smacks Hide. You'll see us on Salty Runback. And as always, I know, Grapes, I don't know if this episode was controversial, but I feel like we got to highlight... The depth of talent in NACLQ, we got to touch on some of the hotter topics in NACL, and the best part is, if you don't like what we said, you can take it with a grain of salt. I've been Hawk, that has been Grapes, hope you all have a good night.